Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. He's Pat, I'm Rajan, and we're recording this once again, just a small handful of hours after the Washington football team lost an absolute stink bomb of a game against the Carolina Panthers by a final score of 20 to 6, right? 20 to 6, that was the final. Uh, no, 20 to 13. I forgot about the garbage touchdown. So it was 20 to 13. That was the final score. Garbage um, touchdown. That was a beautiful, beautiful throw. A good catch too by uh, McKissick, who we're going to talk about. But um, Jaden McKissick, notwithstanding, who is one of the few highlights of the game, uh, I'm going to jump right in, especially because, as I mentioned, as we were texting kind of during the course of the game and then towards the end of the game, um, I-, I was absolutely seething just kind of my rage went more and more and more and more throughout the course of the game um, with every self-inflicted wound that was caused. I don't know if you want to call it self-inflicted, but after every stupid mistake, after dumb mistake, after incompetent mistake, especially by a certain quarterback, um, just the rage continued to build throughout. Um, And I think in the end, to me, the best way to sum this up was given the circumstances surrounding this game to me, at the risk of coming out with a hyperbole or hot take or however you want to phrase it. I think this was as bad a loss as this team has taken this year in this 2020 season. I think it's neck and neck, maybe in my opinion with understanding recency bias, I think it's even worse than the Detroit loss, but I think those two are kind of the Ollie and Frazier of losses that we've had this year. Um, It's because to me, when you look at, when you look back over the losses that we've had, and especially the real shit performances that we've had this year, um, you know, at least with the giants, both of them, God, I hate the Giants, but we were right there, you know, within a couple of plays. With, like, Baltimore and the Rams and Arizona, you know, we got blown out by those guys, and we were never really competitive in those games, but we were definitively the inferior team in those games. And I cannot, and if you look at all the simple numbers against Carolina, we were not the inferior team. If anything, dare I say we were the quote-unquote superior team. And what I mean by that is look at from this perspective. Carolina was one and eight entering this game since October 11th, one and eight entering this game. ESPN's football power index predicted Carolina to end the year with a bottom five record. So you're only talking about that. They were below, like just below average team across the board defensively in yardage. They were a bottom quarter of the team in terms of the advanced analytics defensively. And, and given all of those things on top of that, it was a win and in situation, which Washington was very well aware of. I know they always say like, oh, we don't watch the earlier games, so we don't pay attention. But they knew it was win and in for them after Baltimore beat the Giants. And we still went out there and shit the bed like we had Montezuma's revenge of diarrhea. And I, I just, I, I don't understand what the fuck that was that we just saw. Like, it was as piss poor performance. It was very Jay Gruden-esque, dare I bring up the name, because like, you smelled yourself for despite coming off a loss you knew that this was the ron rivera revenge game despite the fact that everyone was trying to downplay it and you still play like this and it's just it's inexplicable it's inexcusable and a whole bunch of in starting words that i can't think of right now and i'm a little more fired up than i thought it would be but i'm going to turn it over to you yeah i'm not as um i'm just really sad uh the right before we started recording this the way i described it was i wasn't really mad i was just disappointed um but i've come to expect it and, you know, after the game, I, my wife was celebrating because the Seahawks beat the Rams to clinch the uh, NFC West. And just a palpable, like, she knew they were going to win feeling. And it was interesting because she was like, you know, how the skins do. And I, and I just kind of looked at her and she was like, yeah. She didn't know to score the game. She just knew because not only was I really dejected, but, like, we had every right 
to believe we were going to win that game. Everything, we should have won that game, to be totally frank. And it pisses me off um, that the team had come out and win for Ron. Uh, you know, he's dealt with so much. I really wanted to win. Plus, they would have won the division, like everything there. But I wasn't mad because I've come to expect it. I was at the Giants game in 2016. Is that right? 2016, 16 or 17, 17, 17, when when we lost, and the Giants weren't even playing for anything. Um, all we had to do was win, and we're in. Um, lost that game. You know, we've had 17 losing seasons in 28 years. Uh, I'm very used to losing games that we feel like we should win. Uh, and I think the part that pisses me most off about the game is I actually think the team was ready to play. I just think Dwayne was that bad. Um, Sims, Sims punt, uh, muff punt was awful, but guess what? Sims has been shit all year. So we can hate on him for all we want, but like he's been terrible all year. So we can expect him. I mean, granted that gap was much bigger than normal, but the defense only gave up 13 points. They forced two turnovers, both by Chase Young. They had four sacks. They didn't give up a single second half point. And we managed 13 points, really only six points because our quarterback was so shitty. And not only that, our quarterback was so bad, it forced Ron to keep a field goal inside the five-yard line when he clearly probably didn't want to. He just had zero faith Haskins could do any fucking single thing. Um, look, the week started out like trash, all swirling around Haskins when it should have been around Dan. I haven't forgotten about the Dan shit. He needs to sell the team. But everything was made of Haskins. All week we've heard of Haskins. All week we heard about how he was sorry. You know, Ron basically said, I can't punish 52 guys. He was so bad today that an undrafted – quarterback from ODU who's taking fucking online classes and we signed because the Broncos got screwed over, came in and balled out. And like now people are like, should we start him? Like that's how bad Haskins was. And it's the second time this year where I thought to myself, we single-handedly lost the game because of Dwayne. And so I think it's actually the worst loss because not only did he single-handedly lose it for us, Sims aided to it, but it's on Haskins in my opinion. And uh, it's the wrong game. Like we should have won that game. Defense did everything it should to win a football game. And the first, the first fumble, you know, wasn't an completion. Who knows? The, the first pick was fucking awful. All it is is a zone coverage. And he threw right to the linebacker. Um, and we could argue day and night if he should have been pulled at halftime. I mean, Taylor Heineke is, a, is, a, is an undrafted quarterback for a reason. Let's not forget that. He played really well against a very soft, very vanilla defense. But, you know, the, the silver lining to this game, and I tweeted from our account, is we'll never see Dwayne Haskins play football for the Redskins again. That's my silver lining to this I game. can't disagree with you in any way, shape, and form, especially about the last one. You said a different – you had a different viewpoint on this. I'm curious to get your thought. You're probably going to disagree. Um, I've always been a big believer in the bad karma, bad juju cloud hanging around a team, right? Well, we had some bad karma coming to this game. Exactly. I feel like given all the circumstances you said, you did a great point and you should continue to bang the drum about the Dan Snyder story that should not be forgotten, that should be front and center in the mind of every single Washington fan. $1.6 million is not hush money. That is like, I did it. What a (laughs) – fucking awful human being he is. So that should first and foremost be in the center of every single Washington fan's mind. But it wasn't because it's always more buzzier to talk about the quarterback position, especially given the current lightning rod we had. To me, I like I've always said entering a season, the teams that I tend to favor the most are the ones that have been completely under the radar and you've heard nothing about them short of like they signed this guy and they signed this guy and they drafted this guy, right? I've always preferred those teams. If I heard a team's name a lot in the media, for better or for worse, I tend to be like, okay, let's take a step back and really assess the situation because you know there's just a little too much going on there. Where I'm trying to go with this is I felt like 
Washington put itself in the spotlight more than it needed to. And I think the Haskins thing became a massive distraction from the actual game at hand. It should have been a very simple business as usual business trip to go and beat a team that was markedly worse in a open and unapologetic rebuild situation with a stopgap quarterback holes all over their roster. Their best player on offense is not there. They were out without their left tackle. Um, there's again, there's young pieces. who are still, a ways away from developing that they played well and we went out and we looked like the markedly inferior team and I don't think that that's necessarily a function of us being the markedly inferior team um we have holes we're very well aware of that we've talked to nauseam about them but we just we didn't I, I don't think we look prepared to play I just I don't think I hate that statement it's very football cliche I don't think we came out I don't think we fully came ready to play and I do think dare I say this that there was actually even an element of us overlooking Carolina I believe that they felt like they punched their ticket before the game even started. The fact that Chase Young, and take nothing away from Chase Young, Chase Young is a fucking monster. He was the best player on the field for the entirety of this game. But the fact that he was even telling his people, like, you know, they were talking about the fact he was dapping up his players and be like, you know, playoffs, don't forget playoffs. That to me shows the wrong mindset a little bit, or that shows that they were kind of thinking ahead of the actual opponent at hand. And again, I, you know, that, that might be overreacting to things, but I just felt like there was a little bit of, Half of it was they were just distracted by this Haskins situation overall, and then half was almost like they were overlooking an inferior team. So that's my yeah. perspective. I, I, I don't, I don't I'm going to go we hard on the coaching, but, but yeah, go ahead. So I do disagree. I don't think we were overlooking them. I, I do agree that the coaching on the offensive side of the ball was terrible. Um, it's a third straight week, and I'm going to sit here and say, what the hell are you doing, Scott Turner? We should have had the same exact game plan as Carolina. Just fucking load up the box and run the ball. We were gashing them. Gibson was running really hard. He didn't look hurt. Barber had a couple good runs. McKissick was great. Uh, and then as soon as we drop back to pass, we fumble on the 30-yard line. Like, without batting an eyelash, right? Um, I do think the offensive play calling was terrible. Although I, I'm, I don't think that they were overlooking Carolina. I have no problem with Chase Young saying, think playoffs, especially because he went out and he balled out. Like, he wasn't overlooking anybody. Um I think the hardest part for me is it reminded me of the Sanchez game against the Giants, what, two years ago? When we had a, we started the entire him. Mark Sanchez era in my head. Yeah, it was only one game, or maybe two. Um, I, think it was the, I think it was the Giants game. Basically, my point is everyone on that offense knew we were going to lose because of Haskins. And so I don't think any of them really gave two shits, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, are, we need new receivers. <laughs> Uh, I know, I know, uh, I mean, like they had some nice plays, they, you know, whatever, but we need new receivers, but they you know with, with Haskins, they, I, they would get wide open and Haskins went throwing the ball. I mean, just look at the fourth and two. I mean, Sims is just sitting there like five yards away from Haskins beyond the first down sticks wide open. And, you know, obviously takes a sack. Um, Logan Thomas has been the last eight weeks has been great. Was basically non-existent until Henke came in the game. Um, my point is, it's like, I just don't think the team, the offense cared enough. I think I think the team didn't care playing for Haskins. There was no emotion with that offense. And it was it was compounded by the fact that I don't think Scott Turner called a very good game for the third consecutive week. Um, like, the Packers ran all over the Panthers last week. We, for that first two drives, were gashing them. And then we just stopped. Uh, and I think that's, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I could talk about this forever. but So let's actually jump there. We'll jump to the negatives because I want to use the negative segue for one obvious person to kind of go into the quarterback thing. But I, I think let's put it, there's a few things that I 
that you brought up that I think need to be addressed. Just run the fucking play. Right. So the I, I put down as one of our negatives, whether we kind of do this, I put coaching top to bottom. Every single thing about the coaching. Mm-hmm. I think the game plan entering the game. I think the in-game execution. And I think the decision making. All of it was shit. Every single aspect of it. I don't think it, that nobody earned their paycheck this week. So, um, you know, I'll talk about my personal pet peeve shortly afterwards, but that there are a couple of things that you mentioned in particular. On third and short situations, we passed the ball. What the fuck were you thinking passing the ball when you saw our quarterback was physically incapable? Exactly what you said earlier. Anytime the ball is put in his hands to make a pass, bad things generally happen two out of five times, sorry, three or four out of five times. And we were continually passing on third and two when our running game was gashing them. I mean, Antonio Gibson looked like he wasn't missing a beat after being out for this long. Dude, J.D. Running, running behind Ruye, Scherf, and Moses is almost two yards every time. We were gashing them. I mean, what I think, though, I have to look in my notes, but like I think in the first six attempts, Gibson had close to 40 yards. He was averaging damn near eight yards a carry. And on top of that, so – the commentators even made this com- uh, this uh, observation that in the beginning of the game, we were almost bullishly riding Gibson, like give to Gibson, give it to Gibson, give it to Gibson. It's fine because he was playing so well, but we didn't even change up with like McKissick or uh, Barber. And then ironically, as soon as we started incorporating Barber and McKissick, we didn't see Gibson again. Like he went basically MIA for the rest of the game. It's like, what are you doing? Right? Like he's literally the only playmaker we have in offense. Where's your balance? Where's the balance? I know we went down the deficit again, but it's like seriously, exactly what you just said. He's arguably the maybe not even arguably the best two-way playmaker we have on this entire offense. And you barely heard his name in the second half. Definitely it's with McClure now. Right? And what the hell was going on? Um, I thought, so the third and one, so after the Sims fumble, we got the ball back. And the third and one trick play to Logan Thomas was just like, again, you're just getting way too cute with yourself. Like, what is this? And then going into my pet peeve, then we punted on fourth and one. I know we were in our drive. I mean, way deep in our own territory. You know me in fourth and short situations. I'm going to bank yeah, hard points yeah, again, right? I don't understand why you want us to go for four down. We were, cons- you just said it, right? It's guaranteed two to three yards a pop. And sure. not to mention the fact we punted it and guess what they did? 10 plays, 80 yards, all runs right down our throat. Yeah, that was bad. You hand them momentum. The, the coaches will tell you, they're like, oh, we're just going to play the field position game because we, we feel confident against our defense or our defense against their offense. But it takes one play, like that one play where Curtis Samuel ran for 45 yards, dragging Jeremy Reeves 24 yards with him on the course of that run. I counted. It was 24 yards over the course of that run where Reeves was literally trying to bring him down. And that guess what? That play changed basically everything. Yeah, Reeves was actually really bad in this whole game. Reeves was a worst, I mean, not that he's a huge sample size, but like it, it, it was his worst game as a member of this team. Um, yeah. Uh, Look, and, I, then, I, and then he the, got beat the, on the, the third and short. Pass. The third and short play for uh, Logan Thomas where we ran like Wildcat. That was probably the most mad I was during the entire game, <laughs> to be honest. Because like we signed Barber. What does Barber always, 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 always do? 2.7 Two yards. All we fucking need. And yet we get cute and, and run wildcat with our tight end. And, you know, ugh, God. and it's not like everyone in the whole world knows uh, that when Barber's in, in the backfield and we're, you know, with Haskins under center, he's getting the ball for two yards. But you still, there's still like this ounce of maybe Dwayne keeps it. You know, there's still a little ounce of like maybe there's a wrinkle in the play somewhere. 
whenever Thomas is Logan lining up on third and short, it's going to be a run. Like, it basically takes away any sort of passing situation. On top of that, um, I think the commentators also made this observation during the course of the game that I think Carolina came in and said, you know what, we know you don't have McLaurin or we believe you're not going to have McLaurin or you're going to have McLaurin at less than 100%. I think they designed a game plan. You mentioned this earlier, uh, kind of in a different vein, but I think they designed a game plan to say, we're going to take away Logan Thomas. We're going to make sure that he's the one guy you're not going to throw the ball to because they know we target the ever-loving shit out of him. And he's been the catalyst, as we mentioned in the last two podcasts, for the offense to kind of get going. And they're like, throw it to anyone else, fully knowing we don't throw it or can't throw it or you know, are not able to throw it to anyone else because we don't really have anyone worth a damn consistently on this team. Especially when Corrin's not playing. And we had no other idea. It was basically like once Logan Thomas wasn't there, I mean, obviously we didn't have the quarterback who could process anything more than his first read, if that. But then our offense was his thumb up up its ass, as usual. We had no secondary, no tertiary options. It was basically like, let's run it. And when we stop running it, let's hope Haskins can do things. And, um, you know, I'm a little more bullish on Scott Turner in many cases than you are, but I think, this was as bad I as like the Scott. nine, nine I, carries game that we had against, I don't know, it was the Giants or whoever. The Giants, yeah. I mean, I generally like Scott. I understand he's got a long ways to go as a coordinator. And one thing I do love about him was we motion a lot. He gets people moving. He is fairly creative. And I honestly, like, just don't think anyone could have been – no one can scheme for Haskins because he sucks, bottom line. Like, I feel – Six games? How many how many games did Haskins start? Six? That means, you know, almost half, we'll say 40% of the games this year have been played by Haskins. And Turner doesn't have much hope because, frankly, Haskins sucks. And the games where Alex Smith has played and been healthy, you can see where our offense is moving around, uh, where the pieces are, because Smith generally knows where everyone's going to be, and our offense hummed. I mean, think about how great our offense was. Uh, I mean, the game sucked, but in Detroit, Smith slung it. Uh Pittsburgh, Smith played pretty well. A lot of really creative, fun plays. Uh, Dallas, both games with Kyle Allen, we played pretty well offensively. My point is, is I just like I'm. I am so singularly pissed off at Dwayne Haskins for being so being that bad that I just like for everything else I talk about, it doesn't matter because Dwayne, like I can't think of. I mean, Dan Dan Snyder has fucked over us as fans and this franchise in every single imaginable way, with Dwayne Haskins being the last check mark. Because he's the one who fucking drafted him. He's the one who got Jay fired. He's the one that fucking ran that whole regime out of town, which, to be fair, they, they were done anyway. My point is, his draft pick ruined basically two seasons of our lives with two different uh, coaches. Coaching staffs. Yeah. And, and maybe we win next week and make the playoffs. Maybe we do. We're not – and if, if Dwayne's not on this team and we just roll Kyle and, and Alex Smith right now, I bet you we are eight and – I bet you we're eight and seven right now. And we're already in the playoffs. Okay, so let's go in on Haskins because I think we're we're there. And um, I mean, this newsflash: there's, there's just no, sucks. There's nothing else to talk about. I mean, there's nothing nothing more pre- prescient to talk about in this game than Haskins. Sorry for the language, anyone that's listening. No, it, it should be after the. It should absolutely be said. Um, I think there's a couple of things. I, I'm going to simply say this. Um, I know I got some shit from my friends as for people for the podcast listeners are well aware of my friend, John was particularly lambasting me in our NBA preview podcast about being way too um, bullish on Haskins. Uh, Ooh, I thought I wasn't. Wizards game today? 
Uh, I, I wish I didn't, but I, I did see um, the performance. Uh, speaking of dead men walking from a coaching perspective, Scott Brooks can't last long. Can't. That, that's, he, he's got to be on the hottest of hot seats, but another podcast for another day. I will define this as simply put for Haskins. Haskins is all arm with no skill, no brain, or no heart. Haskins. We just got, we just got flexed to Sunday night next week. Wonderful. Delightful. Fuck. I hate evening kickoffs. I hate 4 p.m. kickoffs. And good, we can watch, you know, be embarrassed on national television. We'll get there. Um, there is nothing about Dwayne Haskins that believe that there's nothing left for us to say that this is going to happen. It's not. This is done. He is not an NFL quarterback. Um, and I think more than anything else, why I was even more furious about the whole situation is he's, he's your typical stupid kid child in the sense that like he's you know is very rg3ish in a way he's like you know po- tweeting all these like motivational things and like i'm gonna do better for my teammates and i'm gonna do better i'm gonna work harder and yada yada bullshit 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 and stuff like that think about the redemption arc that was set up for haskins this week right you are forced to be start you get one last chance to start for your team because of circumstances right you're playing your coach's old team who dumped him you you said you're going to go out and do everything you can. You're given one last chance. You tell, I can't think, I think it was Randon Walker of The Athletic, that you know it's your last chance. Like, you may have no more chances. And you go out and shit the bed. You don't even look average. You colossally it does. Sh- one of the worst quarterback. One of the worst quarterbacks. You were 6 of 15 for 36 yards at halftime? You threw 36 yards in the first half, and you want to talk about working hard and being better for your teammates? You threw for 36 yards against a team that was in the bottom eight in the NFL in terms of passing defense DVOA? 36 yards? Seriously, one of us could have done that. That's embarrassing. And, and not to make sure we're very clear, 36 yards, a majority of it were on catches and runs. Like McKissick had a long catch and run for those like 11. So meaning your receivers generated more than a third of your yardage. All the things that have we have been frustrated about Haskins, we said he was young, he's going to develop. He still stares down receivers, which we saw with the Tahir Whitehead interception that you're referencing earlier. He still has poor footwork. He threw flat-footed a couple of passes this game, as usual. He has no concept of using touch to slow down his passes, or he keeps rocket-arming everything. The case in point, third down, opening drive to Logan Thomas, rifles it behind him. It was too strong, too far, couldn't, and just obviously, once again, we go three and out to start the game. Um, and he has no internal clock. He has no ability to know when to throw the pass. He can't feel pressure. He has no idea what he's doing he just hopes that having this big strong arm is going to solve everything for him the guy can't play quarterback he might as well be a fucking cement pillar with a strong arm attached to it because that's all he is he has is no brain no heart no guts no skills no football iq nothing he's this needs to stop immediately he's done and this is not a gross overreaction i think it's i probably overreacted in the last game seeing signs of life from him but we came crashing back to reality to him if we are uh, today and if he did this against baltimore or he did this against another good defense we can say okay let's give him one more chance sucks but carolina is not a good defense they have good no, corners i get that right there but by and large that front seven is still developing in a work i mean a, a a, a work in progress and you the went out and ridiculous. put up one of the worst performances again that we've seen from a quarterback in years i mean again it was mark sanchez josh johnson-esque dude don't you don't you put josh johnson in that category i shouldn't you know what i shouldn't put josh, josh johnson, johnson in that category. signed off the street won us a game and then he almost beat the titans think about uh, what he could have done to ingratiate himself to his coach 
who gave him that one last chance. Again, think about what the story is of Haskins giving that one last chance, winning this game for his coach against the team that dumped him and handing the game ball to his coach. Imagine the change in narrative that we have that way. But no, he's got to go out and he's got to go to the club and celebrate with his girlfriend and go do all those things and then talk about over the course of the week about how he works so much harder and look like complete monkey caca. Yeah. Sometimes your phrases get me off. <laughs> get me off guard. Monkey caca? What the hell? I don't know what that means. Uh, look, I told you for this podcast, you probably won't get much out of me for Dwayne because you just hit, pretty much nailed the head. You know, hit the head on, hit the nail on the head. There we go. I can even say simple phrases, right? Because Haskins. I mean, I just hate Haskins so much. Um, Haskins is my least favorite Redskin of all time. I stood on the table for this guy. Wanted him to start all sixteen games. Uh, believed in. You know, I believed his arm talent would, was already there and that if he just kept playing, he would figure it out. And boy, was I wrong. Uh, and I've, I've known it – we've obviously known it for a while. Once he was benched and you saw the difference in Kyle Allen versus him, you were, I mean, immediately you were like, oh, this is what, like – he Kyle, Kyle Allen wasn't that great, but right. because we were so used to seeing such shit, we were like, oh, maybe Kyle Allen's actually really good. <laughs> And then obviously Alex Smith comes in, and I still have no idea how this dude wins football games. But the moral of the story is he does find out ways to win. Why? Because he doesn't fumble on the 30-yard line after multiple runs for first downs. He doesn't throw picks that lead to, to points. Uh, he, he, and obviously, he turns the ball over time to time, for sure. But, like, for the most part, he is going to make sure that he's not going to do a thing to fuck everything up. Haskins screwed up. I mean, he's, uh, he, he's going to screw up this whole season. Um, look, he was 14 of 28 for 154 yards, 50 of which came on a broken play that basically, which uh, Will Blackman tweeted out, which I thought was hilarious, uh, described it as a play on Madden when, you're, when you don't know what you do, so you just push circle, even though you have no idea where that receiver is on the screen. And it happened to be a 50-yard catch and run for, for Cam Sims, I think. Yes, yep. Uh, then Heineke comes in. And look, always trust the 757 ODU player. Very, very well known that I'm very partial toward, towards that part of the world. Uh, dude comes in, he's 12-19, 137 yards, a touchdown, and no picks. Um, and he, honestly, he should have had another touchdown if Cam Sims could just catch a fucking football. There was two, um, there was Cam Sims and Logan Thomas both dropped uh, well-thrown balls by Heineke. Yeah. Oh, that ball to Thomas was on the fucking money. Yes. Uh, two hands and, on it, no excuse for that. Yeah, and it's not like Heineke's sitting here with any sort of golden arm he actually puts great touch in the ball he's extremely accurate uh, i saw a funny tweet on the touchdown third mckissick they were like that kind of looked like aaron Rodgers." and then like it all caps that does not mean he's aaron Rodgers. he's an average quarterback who sucks but like that one single play was aaron Rodgers like, yeah, yeah uh and to be honest it was kind of sweet he moved well in the pocket he kind of dodged the defender and then he just threw a dime my point is it's like haskins has been given every opportunity and at first it was he was immature. Then it was he hasn't played enough. Look, there are no excuses for this kid. He sucks. And last week I said he probably made himself a lot of money, granted elsewhere, because um, he played really well in the second half for the most part against the Seahawks. Um, but I just keep going back. Like, no one on the team thought we were going to win today because Haskins was starting. That's how – I mean, that's like – he defeated his own team. Um, I don't know what else to say about Haskins. I, I, I hate him more than Robert Griffin III. I hate him more than any other player ever on this team. And my buddy texted me earlier today. and was like, do you think 
Josh Doxon was the worst draft pick, or do you think Dwayne's the worst draft pick? Oh, that's not close. That's and not I was close. like, Dwayne Haskins by Dwayne miles because, like, Josh Doxon just wasn't good. Haskins sucks. He also sucks off the field. He had to drive home to make sure he could script out what he was going to say to to Dan Press tonight. Uh, oh, and by the way, he happens to be Dan's pick. Yeah. So that's bonus points. Um, He's been handed everything. So this is this two things, right? It, the reality we have to face, I wrote this, he's just this entitled, coddled 23-year-old man baby, right? Like, there's what, what else is there left to say about him? He, he, needs to be, he needs to be handed things he didn't earn. He needs to continue to be given unlimited second chances after he screws them up one after another after another. That, like, like what else, right? And then he thinks by tweeting some motivational things, he's going to all of a sudden posting workout videos that all of a sudden everyone's supposed to start drinking his own Kool-Aid. You're, you're t- he's doesn't do anything like I, I joked a little bit about this in the 2012, 2013 off season when like Griffin was entering and like and working on rehab and coming off the, the 12 season. I'm like, you worked on every muscle in your body, except for the one that counts. And I'm pointing to my head right now in terms of your brain, right? Like you did everything else instead of, except for becoming a better quarterback. Right. And I also think one thing talking about RG three and some of the troubles that he faced earlier in his career, I also believe very much that Haskins has a lot of bad people in his corner. I think oh, there's, 100%. there's there were rumors before the draft. This is not recency or things coming up, just kind of putting things together as, was, as opposed to what's going on or in results of what's going on right now. There were stories about the draft where he's got a lot of people in his life who are motivated for their own self-interest and using Haskins as a vehicle for that. I think that continues to be the case. I think they're sycophantic, your stereotypical sycophantic clinger on, clingers on. I don't know if that's the proper term, but basically they just keep feeding his own ego as opposed to being someone who's going to tell him that you need to be better at your fucking job job. Uh, I think that was very much the case of what led him astray uh, this earlier this week with a much reported incident this past Sunday. And I think to kind of put icing on that cake, I don't know if you saw this, but did you see the tweet by Kelvin Harmon or about a couple hours ago? Are people always as bad or whatever? No, uh, he said he was like uh, bad character or good character can be corrupted by bad circumstances or not bad circumstances. I want to make sure I, I, I cite this correctly because he basically called it Man, out. Do I miss fucking uh, bad company corrupts good character and that subtweet is loud and i think it's very very cool. very direct um i also you've i want to make sure i give this its due diligence you met you said this several times and it's a very astute point um with haskins we're continuing to grasp for hope with these small chunks of plays we're like oh well look he did this one thing right and he did this one thing right meanwhile the rest of the nfl like like taylor heineke came in in a handful of plays look markedly better than Haskins did at any point in Haskins career during Washington, right? Like substantially better. I think Heineke looked better in a very small uh, glimpse, better than Kyle Allen. I mean, Heineke, Heineke, you have to be prepared for him to start next week. You have to. You have to be. But to go again, look at this, the point that you've made continually that the NFL is so geared up for the young quarterbacks, right? Like again, Tyler Heineke came in and was at least moving the offense up and down the field. Just look again, even just today's performances, Jalen Hurts, I maintain my stance, but he looks like diet Kyler Murray right now, the way he's playing. Sam Darnold, one of the worst surrounding circumstances in all of the NFL, arguably the worst, he balled out today. Brandon fucking Allen on the Cincinnati Bengals. Brandon Brandon Allen was on fire today. 371 and two touchdowns today. Yeah, I saw some of his balls were dimes too. These guys are ripping it, and we're getting excited about Haskins. Haskins completing a pass. 
Think about where we are right now. Well, if there's one, I said the silver lining of today is we'll never see Haskins again. Uh, the other silver lining is is Haskins was so bad today that he united our entire fan base because uh, everyone was <laughs> everyone was finally like, "Holy shit, this guy is bad." Because uh, ultimately, he is. He's just he's just terrible. And you're right. Like we we see the plays like he had to Steve Sims day where he got out of pocket and he threw a sidearm bullet that somehow Steve Sims finally caught a football got both feet in. But you see that play and you're like, holy shit, did you see that? And then the next play he throws a pick. Because um, he, he just can't he just can't do it. He can't function. He can't, he's just not an NFL quarterback. He doesn't understand how to control himself off the field. Certainly he doesn't know how to work on his footwork on the field. Um, and not to, I'm not going to get into the officiating part. I know you saw that. I know you put it on that. Like, officiating sucks every week in the NFL. Like, I thought it was particularly uh, egregious, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it was particularly egregious, mostly because of that fucking fumble. That, that fumble. I, I lost, I lost my mind at the fumble. Yes, uh, because that totally flipped the game. Like we're only down a touchdown all of a sudden. It's twenty uh, to with fourteen four, with nine minutes. With a whole quarter, quarter, yeah, with a whole quarter yeah. to go. Um, but then you also see the the Eagles game, and Hertz was down by a mile. I don't know how they called that a fumble. I don't know how the call stood. Um, my point is, is like the officiating. I'm just going off what I've seen on Twitter. People are saying, well, don't forget about the officiating. I forget about it. We don't score a touchdown because Heineke probably doesn't come in the game because we're only down a touchdown, and hopefully Haskins can lead us to a touchdown. Guess what? We're not going to score a touchdown. Ron made it abundantly clear he had no faith in Haskins when we kicked a field goal on fourth and two That's inside the five. Um, like, all the immediately when that happened, A, I thought of you. I, probably, I thought of you, like, throwing stuff at your TV because we didn't go for it. Um, you know, Kine tweeted out, I would have I would have gone for it. Uh, Greenberg put out the stats. It was like, it probably made more sense to go for it. And I'm sitting here going, we fucking wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah. Because there's the no – The play call would have been shit given the circumstances that we went through. Yeah, we would have called game. a wildcat to fucking Logan Thomas right. for negative one yards. Oh, man. Maybe I'm more furious about this game than I thought I was. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I did think the running backs were good today. Yes. Uh, to look at positives. So if I was going to say, we're going to get to the positives. There were positives. It was hard to kind of imagine. But um, Chase Young was sick. John Allen was sick. I, uh, I So I, one underrated guy, his name didn't get called. Deron Payne was great. The defensive line did their thing by and large. Um, I thought Kendall Fuller. Wait, wait, wait. And, whoa, and whoa, my, whoa, whoa. I have one thing left to say about Haskins. Do it. That. Do it. It's weighing heavily on my heart. Do it. There's a lot of reasons we have both stated for disliking Haskins. But if he – went out, and that was Ryan Kerrigan's last home game as a Washington Redskins, and we lost because of fucking Haskins, I'll hate him forever. Ever. That's all I I'd mean, say. I think you're going to hate him forever, probably, regardless. But I am, but, but like, this extra, is like the cherry on top. Yeah. Kerrigan deserves that fucking NFC East champs, and if that's his last game, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's, I mean, we could spend this entire podcast just yelling about Haskins. There's plenty of it. Um, I, I'm, like I said, I'm angry, my, Allen, angry myself for being nice to him, but the, back to the defensive line. Um, yeah, they were yeah uh, they were so I, I, it, the, I thought the offensive line, so the offensive line did a really, really good job, as I alluded to earlier, about opening up lanes for them. You, you talked about the interior three guys. Um, I thought Lucas was a little up and down, but by and large, they did fine. Uh, I think they you know held up against their edge rush. Um, uh, as I, I was mentioning, shouldn't have been a sack. My boy Ronald Darby and Kendall Fuller, I thought both had very solid games. I don't think the Darby's, corners. Darby's good. 
like uh, Robbie Anderson, obviously had a big game today. Curtis Samuel, obviously had a big game today. We're very well aware of that. Samuel is more so the dual threat versus being a receiver person. Although, like the touchdown that he gave up, that was much more on Jeff Bostic and the aforementioned Jeremy Reeves versus one of the corners. Um, Fuller made a ton of tackles right on the spot. Like they were throwing a lot of rocket screens to Robbie Anderson, particularly. And it was like tackle for a loss, no gain, tackle for loss for two. Uh, he was on it. Uh, Darby had a couple of really good pass breakups. I thought he played particularly well. Um, Heineke, we've talked about. Chase, uh, Jonathan Allen, we've talked about. And, and Chase Young to kind of put the, the proverbial cherry on top, as you just mentioned. Like, it's, you know, you talk, we know about the interception where he basically yanks down Bridgewater's hand that causes the interception by Cam Curl. Um, potentially putting the team right back in the situation to get back in the game right in the third quarter, which has been our MO when he uh, forces the fumble, like he just beats the left tackle, forces the fumble, and just, get, uh, you know, chops it out of uh, Bridgewater's hand on the first drive of the second half. Again, both of those, both of those drives, I also want to point out, Carolina was marching down the field. It looked points, looked almost certain. If not seven, it was going to be three points. And both of his plays prevented near certainty of points, which means you're making a definitive impact on the game with your plays right a scoreboard impact directly so um i think his final stat line was like four tackles a sack a force fumble a force recovery so you know he had the trifecta yeah sack strip recover all in one play so i i mean you know just a monster um the pro bowl is the most worst most worthless designation in probably in all of pro sports but his selection was very deserving uh montez sweat should have made it i don't even know if it was alternate whatever i don't really care um, but it was, I thought it was an absolute sham that he was not named for such an honor. Um, Montez Sweat was, he had a play, he had a sack today too as well. Um, yeah. Sweat, was, sweat sack. Uh, that was, was, a, was a culmination of a lot of things, but if you want to go back and watch it, Kerrigan basically gets in that sack. All our defensive tackles are lots of times, basically just lions jumping on like a thing like of four lions jumping on a dead Holcomb, gazelle. Holcomb sack was all because, uh, Chase Allen was in the backfield in like a split second. <laughs> Uh, Rodgers and Devontae Adams have just been unreal this year, man. They're just next level for them. Yeah, I have uh, I have Rodgers on my uh, fantasy team. I'm in the finals. And Adams is making the game a little more interesting than I want it to be because I have Kamara too. Uh, but Adams, is, uh, he's, he's making this a little too interesting or made it a little too interesting. I was going to say, if you have Kamara and it's still a tight race, I don't know, man, that, that, that that's uh, that's something. Well, Corey Davis putting up a fat zero for me. Did not help. Yeah, um, I, I'm in the toilet bowl of our league, the consolation bracket championship, and um, I, my opponent is Corey Davis, but I think I'm going to lose anyway. Shout out to John. I'm going to win this week. I hate it. I was actually trying. I had Denzel Mims. I had to start him bottom of the barrel, the Jets receiver. He put up an O-burger for me too, so yay, Jets. Um, I don't know. I'm just jumping ahead to next week's game because like, that's, that's basically where we're at at this point. Uh, you know, we talked about the Eagles a little bit. They're one and two under Hertz for as much hype and buzz they've been generating, but they're obviously a markedly better team. At least their offense can move the ball. Um, love the fact they, like Carson Wentz is like, you know, trade me. And I'm like, yeah, who the fuck's going to eat that salary? As we've talked about that you owe like a hundred million dollars still left. So, you know, good luck trying to find someone who's going to take that on. Although I guess the Chicago bears are always there. So, you know, if they can probably whip up some stupid trade for him um, or maybe uh, no, I was going to say Bill O'Brien's on the NFL anymore. So maybe that they could try that. Ooh, nice background. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> let's do it. But so let's say from your Tyler Haneke perspective, who's the quarterback next week? Uh, so if you asked me this question about the third quarter of today's game, I would have said Alex Smith. Uh, 
But the report I read afterwards was that Smith took all the took a bunch of reps with the first team on Friday, oh, Friday. woke up Saturday and was like, I'm too sore. That leads me to believe he is like actually really injured. Um, I think Jay Glazer said on Fox and Sunday today that the doctors are expecting it to be a month. It's only been two weeks, uh, which, by the way, I I always thought this was like day to day, but we are now two full weeks into this, and he's waking up sore after like getting real action on a leg that like keep in mind his calf strain is not a calf strain. It's probably a hip strain for all we know because it's muscle from God knows where. Um. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Heineke starts for us next week. Uh, if Smith is 80%, he's got to play. Um, you know, make it one last hurrah. I like, I've been saying all year, I, I really think he's going to retire in the offseason. Um, I think, uh, you know what, I'm going to take back. I'm going to say Smith starts because he is going to retire and he knows this is, could be his last game. So I'm going to go with Smith. With Heineke, like, ready to roll if needed. That's a good take. I, I'm I'm hard pressed to disagree with you. Um, so, the question I have, and I can't believe I'm asking this question out loud, is if Smith is only at 75 percent, like he was in the first half of the San Francisco game, where he looked bad. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. Like the offense looked struggled, or although our offense always struggles in the first half, but he particularly looked bad. He was not 100 percent. We were well aware of this. Um, is is he a downgrade from Heineke, or is Heineke a potentially an upgrade from a 75, 65 to 75? Five percent version of Alex Smith. I don't know. I mean, Heineke strikes me as someone who could be a very poor, poor, poor Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Um, so like, there, Heineke was getting the ball out of his hand before receivers were breaking. Anticipation, something Dwayne Haskins has zero of zero. But this guy is really—he's two weeks of practice. He really was taking online classes. By the way, go look at the classes. There, he's seen, apparently he's a smart fucking dude. Smart dude. I saw um, that stuff. Yep. Um. Uh, no, no offense out of you. I don't care where you're taking those classes. It ain't easy. Um, you know, I don't know. It's it's if if Smith can push off that leg, he's our best option. Yeah. I don't care if he's seventy five percent or eighty five percent. If he can push off that leg, we need him to play. Um, but I can look kind of good. That's gonna say right. <laughs> DC's love affair. The backup quarterback never rests. I don't never. Uh, yeah, I'm still. I'm gonna say. Smith's our best option. If he can just remotely push off the leg, it has to be Smith. I did not agree with you in terms of your Smith retiring in the offseason. I still thought that there would be a competitive itch. But given the uh, fact that he's on his surgically injured leg, he's starting to get a surgically repaired leg, I should say, is starting to get like a little bit of like, you know, problems there. And I'm like, just won't hold up. You got to think about quality of life afterwards. And he is that yeah. type of insightful person. He's not going to be like, yo, I'm a football player. And like, that's my identity. No, I think he has that level of understanding that there's going to be a long fruitful life for him outside of the game, but potentially even in the front office of this organization in some capacity or in the executive office of this organization, hopefully without Dan Snyder. But, um, so he has to think about that. And he doesn't want to be someone who's in a walker when he's 40 years old. Right. So, no, I, I think, it, it, I mean, just, he survived Aaron Donald jumping on his back, but he couldn't survive stepping on someone's foot. Um, it just, his legs not going to hold up. And he has that quote where he was like, my wife's going to have finally going to have a say in this in the off season. You, you got to assume he's going to retire. Maybe yeah. he comes back. Maybe there's enough. There, I mean, $20 million is a lot of money. Uh, but even if he comes back, you have to wonder if we try to restructure his contract to be. Oh, that's a hundred percent less. That's a hundred percent going to happen. For him, for him, 
just also best case scenario for the football team. Oh, I got it right. See, I didn't use the skins there. Uh, best case for the football team is, is actually him retiring. Cause then I don't think we owe him anything uh, salary cap wise. There's no dead money. I think it's just washed. Um, and then you cut Haskins and basically you're starting fresh. That's best case scenario. So let's use your cut Haskins then. Is Dwayne, ha- tomorrow, by the way. Is Dwayne Haskins a member of this football team when we play the Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, man. Should have had a few beers before this. We'll get this thing rolling. <laughs> Not shitty because we know the answer. We're very loud and clear on that. And I will echo Pat's sentiment saying that no. Like cut him now. Like call him at home while he's still scripting his Zoom press conference at home and ghosting the the, the, Reds, the Washington football team PR team. Like cut him now. Don't even like the call should have been dead. Just make like, stop. Just like, make you're released. Stop. Right, like go, go, go away. Sadly, sadly, I do think he'll be on the team. He'll be inactive, but he'll be on the team. Uh, I think they'll desperately try to get like a seventh round pick for him in the off season. Uh, I, I don't think they will. For the record, I know I can see your face. People listening, like no chance in hell. I don't think there will be either. But it's NFL. Crazier shit happens. Yeah, fucking Alden Smith is playing right now. Um, so is Randy Gregory. Yeah, both on the same team. Uh, I, I think he's on the team. Uh, I, if he's cut tomorrow, I will, I'll, I'll call you. I'll FaceTime you. Like that's how excited I'll be. Uh, but like I don't think I don't think it'll happen. All because happen all because of Dan. Dan probably watched his press conference. And was like I feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for him at all. I don't know that Dan cares as much anymore about Haskins. Um, I think he one understood that. Look, it's probably a mistake. Two probably because he knows that if Rivera leaves, he's literally got nothing left in terms of a viable coaching option to take this organization's front job. And he probably heard from Rivera before that like, look, Haskins is on a short leash. This is my call. Kind of like what McLuhan and Gruden did to a certain extent with like RG3 versus, uh, versus Kirk Cousins. Gruden, Gruden was so right about Haskins. Yeah. We have to give the mea culpa there, right? Like we, we, yeah. have, to, we have to call it. He hated Haskins from the day we got him for a lot of obvious reasons, but he always said he's not ready. I mean, you said this many, many times, and it's, it could not be any more of an astute point. It's one thing if Gruden slammed Haskins about, like, because you can say personality clashes, right? Like, there's just certain, I've, I've always said this, like, lots of times, a player can be drafted into an organization where it's just he clashes with, like, because the coach is an idiot, like a Bill O'Brien type, right? Like, it can happen, right? So that happens. But if Gruden is saying it, Callahan is saying it, Rivera is saying it. it there, there's a common denominator. You know, at, at one point, it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, talks like a duck. It's got to be a fucking duck, right? Like, it, it just it is what it is. Name another player in the history of the NFL that missed taking a snap or missed taking a knee because of fucking selfie. I know. You I mean, you keep, all the warning signs are there. And I was re- like, ha-ha, don't worry about it, he's young. Didn't right, you keep writing it off to man. youthful indiscretion, but at some point, you know, the facts are the facts. God damn it, I hate him. I hate this team. He just seems so, I I mean, I don't know whether it's youthful ignorance or whatever, but just seems so insanely tone deaf, right? Like we we talked about this ad nauseum in many things, but like you have a coach who's immunocompromised because he came off a battle of fucking cancer and you go out and do this? And then you're like, oh, no, it wasn't the strip club. It was my girlfriend's birthday. Don't you tell her, be like, listen, I'm an NFL quarterback. If you don't like me coming to your birthday, you want to break up with me? I'll find 10 more of you down the street because I'm an NFL quarterback. Like, what in the name of Jesus Christ are you thinking? And then you'll be like, I made a youthful mistake. Like, of course you made a youthful mistake. How many fucking youthful mistakes have you made at this point? All of them. Insane. I, I just, I, 
there's nothing left to say about him, like uh, except for good riddance, good riddance, and it can't come fast enough. There's nothing left. Like there's just you can't say like between his behavior, between what we saw today, and between the body of work, body of his resume, body of work, whatever it is that he's shown in his time in Washington. Enough is enough. We have to cut the cord. This experiment is over. It has failed. No more. It's done. Like he, there's nothing left. If he built off even in a modicum and in terms of his last chance opportunity, if he built off any of the positives that he showed against Seattle, which he didn't, he regressed substantially. You know, if he, if he actually showed some progress, you can maybe give him one more undeserved chance. You can't, there's nothing left. He's done. You get, get the fuck out. Well, the good news is regardless of how dumpy our game was today, um, the Cowboys beat the Eagles. Cowboys beat the Eagles, which means we're playing Sunday night against a team that probably – I mean, Hurts is going to try to play as hard as he can because he's a, he's a rookie and, and he needs that film, right? Uh, but there's a real there's a real chance Fletcher Cox doesn't play. He came out of the game today and didn't return. And, like, you got to think maybe they want to shut him down for since they're not playing for anything. Um, we're playing on prime time. If we win, we're in the, we're in the playoffs. Um, it's still everything, everything we want is still in front of us. Most importantly, we're playing in prime time, not at home. Because when we play at prime time at home, bad things happen. Yeah, and and we, we the last two times we've won the division, we've actually clinched in prime time. Yes, One of which was in Philly. Uh, as long as Heineke doesn't trot out there and start taking these with you know a minute left in the or twenty seconds left on the clock in the first half inside the five yard line. Shout out to Kirk uh, Cousins. Shout out to Kirk Cousins. We should be all right. Um, I think so. You, you're really out on Hurts. You've made that abundantly clear. I am. But but Hertz has played really well in his two starts, three starts. How many starts does he have? Uh, two, three. right? One and two. Three. He's three three. He started against the New Orleans, the one that game, and he's been he's zero and two since. Right. So he's one and two as a starter, but he's looked, you know, all things considered, he's looked pretty good. Uh, plus, teams that give us fits are teams that have mobile quarterbacks. Uh, that's pretty well documented now. Uh, do we win this game? I mean, we don't even need – we don't have to worry about anything all day, right? Nothing matters. All we have to do is win that game. Because we're one – you're in, losing, you're out. We're one and done the playoffs regardless. Like, even if we won today, like, we're one and done the playoffs. There's just no chance. Like, we're in – we're the 15th 15th seed in the NCAA. Say it again? Did you hear Haskins' apology today? He said he would grow and learn from it. I'm saying there's hope. How many times have we heard that? Fool me once, shame on you. Um, Fool me 15 times now. We were one and done if, if we made the playoffs. Like I think the the best odds were to play against Tampa Bay. And oh, good lord, I would not want to play Tampa Bay in the playoffs whatsoever. Even though I'm I'm not extremely bullish on the team, I bullish they kicked the shit out of us um, because of how their offense matches up against us. Um, and their defensive sure is very underrated for that matter. Regardless like, of the playoffs, do we beat the Eagles? I don't know. My heart of heart says no. Now. My heart of heart says hell no. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick us to win uh, because I need something to hold on to for the whole week. Uh, and I will paint it as if as we do lose, we'll get a top 10 pick. <laughs> uh, so it's win-win in my book. Uh, we got meaningful December football and we either end up with like, I think we'll end up around like nine or 10 in the draft, which means we definitely are in QB world. Um, or if we win, we get to, you know, get a chance to, maybe upset the Tampa Bay, who I believe is the last team we beat in the playoffs. So there's that. We're not upsetting Tampa Bay. But, yes, that is the last team we beat in the playoffs. Um, Crazy things happen. 
Speaking of the draft, shout out to the uh, New York Jets for playing yourself out of Trevor Lawrence. Excellent work. That is what we call winning, losing off. Win right. Yeah, you can't even win right. You can't even win right. Jacksonville, you can't even lose Jacksonville right. looked like they wanted that number one pick today. Kudos yeah. to them. Yeah, that you, that's how you do it right. Even though Minshew, I, I'm, I'm still a Minshew believer, right? But you know, they did it right. And Trevor Lawrence adding to that team is actually going to be a lot of fun because they have pieces there. They have a lot of pieces. I think there. they have two first round picks. They only have like four. They only have a ton of picks. Let's fire up the old tankathon while we're at it. Um, but yeah. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, if the Jets actually played themselves maybe out of a potential, um, like, because they won today, and I know uh, oh, the Jets are still stuck. Shut the front door. Houston has the third overall pick right now, which means it goes to Houston conveyed the third overall pick to Miami. Oh, man. That's part of Larry Matunzel trade. It's a gift that just keeps on giving right now. Um, Tunsil didn't even play today. <laughs> no. The Jets are second right now, and Cincinnati, with their win, actually played themselves out of Penesol territory. So, yay, that's not good. Uh, answering your question, Jacksonville does not have multiple first-round picks, according to what I'm seeing right now. For some reason, I thought they had. Oh, they do, yes. Sorry, Jacksonville has theirs and the Rams pick, so it's part of the Jalen Ramsey deal. Yeah. So, dude, if I'm a GM, sign me up. I'm going – I'm getting on a plane to Jacksonville immediately and saying, whatever you want, I'll take less money to be the GM here. That's what I'm doing. That's another crazy ass owner, but yeah, I think they'll be fine. I know, but you have a chance to take Lawrence. Not only that, he's, he's their owner was he's crazy, but he'll spend. So that's more than anything else. Um, we're predicting that the Eagles will. You're predicting they'll win. Um, I'm predicting they're not going to. We're going to end the season without Alex Smith playing quarterback, and thus we're not going to win the game. Or it's going to be a marginalized version of Alex Smith, and I just think that's just the way the season crumbles. And um, this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, I'm picking us to win most because I want to hold down some hope. And we're playing a team not playing for anything, which didn't work out last time. Uh, but the Eagles are also not very good. They're not. Uh, and Carolina, for all intents and purposes, like they've lost, what, eight one-score games. Um, the team just pl- plays really hard. I'm really hopeful that the Eagles just don't play hard next Sunday. Hats off to their coaching staff, man. I mean, another football cliche, but they played really, really hard today. They played a smart game. They played a, a very disciplined game. I thought it was egregious that there was no calls against Carolina until the fourth quarter, but we're not going to touch on the officiating. Um, nonetheless, they they played really, really well. It's the type of game we wish we would see more often from a Ron Rivera team. Hopefully we will against the Eagles. Last thing I'll leave you with, Dwayne Haskins' QBR was 4.1. Four. That might be the that might be the lowest QBR I've seen on ESPN's. Right? I can't. Uh, that is venturing into Mark Sanchez territory, which should tell you as everything you need to know about the Dwayne Essence experience. So, leaving you on that magnificent note, thank you everyone for who's made it this far into the podcast. As always, uh, make sure you like for Tyler Heineke, um, as you can see in Pat's uh, Zoom background. And otherwise, make sure you subscribe to us on the usual channels. I've been trying to dump some stuff on YouTube, so make sure you go look for, search for us on our YouTube channel. Um, clips from our recent podcasts and stuff like that. If you haven't gotten a chance, it's been underpublished because uh, this holiday season over the last few days. Uh, dropped a bunch of NBA stuff, so go check that out. But otherwise, we will hopefully talk to you later. Hopefully, the next time we're having this conversation, one, Washington's going to the playoffs, and two, Dwayne Haskins is no longer a member of the Washington. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.